0: Hello and welcome to the MDS Podcast, the official podcast of the International Parkinson and Movement Disorder Society. I'm Sarah Schaefer, Deputy Editor of the Podcast and Assistant Professor of Neurology at the Yale School of Medicine. And I'm here with Dr. Beatrice Heim, PhD in Clinical Neurosciences and Neurologist at the Medical University of Innsbruck in Austria. Today, we're going to be talking about her recent paper in Movement Disorders Clinical Practice that won the MDCP Review Article of the Year for 2023, and that was Alpha-Synuclein Seed Amplification Assays in the Diagnosis of Synucleinopathies Using CSF, a Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis. Now, Dr. Haim, we've talked in the past on this podcast about rt quick specifically for alpha-synuclein on skin biopsies. That was episode 46, if our listeners want to listen to that as well. Today, we're going to be talking about this in the context of cerebrospinal fluid. Can you just briefly tell us what is RT-Quick, And you also cover another technique called protein misfolding cyclic amplification, PMCA. How are they the same and how are they different?
1: Thank you for the invitation. So basically, rt and PMCA are two distinct laboratory techniques to detect and amplify misfolded proteins with key differences in terms of their methodology while artiquick is based on the ability of misfolded proteins to induce the conversion of normal soluble proteins into misfolded aggregated forms pmca involves cycles of incubation and sonication to promote the conversion so the more while artiquick provides real time monitoring of the protein aggregation pmca typically requires additional steps protein detection.
0: All right. So do I take that to mean that PMCA might be a a longer and perhaps more labor-intensive way of detecting aggregates?
1: Correct. So the time required for PMCA is significantly longer with lasting about 13 to 15 days compared to RT-Quick, which has a duration of one to five days. It's
0: quick. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Okay. What was <laughs> the reasoning behind the systematic review and how did it come about?
1: So, synucleinopathies are neurodegenerative disorders associated with uh, misfolding and aggregation of alpha synuclein It's crucial that early in the disease course, we have biomarkers and validated tools to differentiate between Parkinson's disease and other maybe atypical forms of Parkinsonian disorders. As alpha-synocline shows a uh, prion-like self-propagation spreading from neuron to neuron all over the brain, this has enabled some development of amplification assays, uh, synocline amplification assays, which can detect alpha-synocline in different bio samples. So to date, there are, you know, these two assays with rt and PMCA, primarily used in CSF to differentiate between patients with synoclinopathies and non senoclinopathies And we did this review in order to discriminate the sensitivity and specificity of these tests.
0: And we mentioned that this was a systematic review. Briefly, how were the studies selected in your
1: review? We selected studies including patients with synucleinopathies, with Parkinson's disease, with dementia with Lewy body, but also with MSA and prodromal patients, patients with RBD, with failure, and also non-manifesting carriers, for instance, of a genetic variant causing possibly pd like LARC 2
0: And as with all systemic reviews, the variability across studies is a big factor in interpretation of the pooled data. What kinds of things did you consider here, and how did you attempt to reconcile the studies?
1: Yeah, study heterogeneity is indeed a common challenge in systematic reviews and meta-analysis and can make the interpretation of pooled data more complex. In our review, we performed several subgroup analyses focusing on different population types for the diagnostic value of alpha-synuclein seeding amplification assays. And furthermore, we performed the quality assessment based on the QUADAS.
0: And what were the results of your study?
1: So, in total, we included 22 studies, including over 1,800 patients with synucleinopathies and a control group of about nearly 1,400 patients. And what we found is that, as well, RTQUIC, but also PMCA showed a high pool sensitivity and specificity to to distinguish patients with synucleinopathies versus patients with non-sunoclinopathies.
0: Now, let's dig into a couple of specific populations that you discuss in your paper. You discuss LARC-2 and uh, multiple system atrophy, atrophy or MSA patients. Can you talk about the results in these populations and how you
1: interpret them? Well, overall, CSF alpha-synoclean assays have shown inconsistent results in patients with MSA so far, with uh, detection rates varying between under 10% and 35%. So, studies using PMCA as a seed amplification assay showed higher diagnostic performance than RT-QUIC. One possible explanation for this observed discrepancy could be the use of different reaction buffers between these two methods, but also maybe possible structural differences in the uh, sunuclean strains of MSA patients. So the more it is not quite clear if there are differences between MSA patients with the Parkinsonian variant and the cerebellar variant. And so the more we also included as you mentioned, or as I mentioned before, patient with non-manifestic genetic variant with LARC2, and also showing that these patients m- might be negative in the alpha synuclein assays, which could be possibly due to the lacking of an alpha synuclein pathology in this, in this population.
0: It's interesting to think about LARC2. You know, more and more we're thinking about how this one you know class of genetic mu- mutations can lead to different pathological issues tauopathies and synucleinopathies and it's just so interesting to see this play out in these types of studies what mm-hmm. do you find as the differences in sensitivities between rt quick and pmca in general you mentioned that pmca was of higher sensitivity in msa patients specifically did you find any differences in the rest of the cohorts or based on your data, do you think that one might be preferred or over the other, or does it depend on the population or you don't have enough data to make a determination?
1: Yeah, it's 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 still very few data to discriminate between these two methods accordingly, because for instance... In MSA patients, PMCA showed uh, higher sensitivity than rt but there are more studies performing rt in patients with Parkinson's syndromes. So as our results demonstrate that both seeding amplifications represent a highly sensitive method for differentiating synoclinopathies, both have their pros and cons, maybe also based on population type. Also, on a timely basis, as I just mentioned, PMCA does require more time than rt So here, certain studies are needed to to compare between these two methods.
0: And finally, where do you see this information influencing clinical and or research practices down the road? What are the implications for reliable in vivo biomarkers in these various synucleinopathies? How do you see this going forward?
1: Yeah, as we and also other meta-analyses have already shown, we could clearly demonstrate the high diagnostic performance of these seeding amplification assays in the CSFs. So for at least for differentiating synucleinopathies, With Louis Body. So maybe one should consider these these tests when framing supporting criteria for the clinical diagnosis of PD or DLP in the future.
0: And of course, on the research side of things, it may be difficult or may be helpful to categorize patients pathologically before using certain medications that might interrupt synuclein aggregation or things like that, especially if things like the genetic mutation don't give you that information as we see in the LARC-2 patients, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, correct. Especially when thinking about disease-modifying therapies, this would be an option.
0: We're getting there. All right. Well, thank you for taking the time today and congratulations on being awarded the review article of the year. Looks like a lot of work and uh, and an excellent paper.
1: Thank you. The views
0: and opinions expressed by the participants in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the International Parkinson and Movement Disorder Society or their affiliated journals, Movement Disorders and Movement Disorders Clinical Practice. Any disclosures of the participants can be found within the episode description located on the MDS website.